Welcome to the Dissected Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I am here to bring incredible guests to you on the topics of teaching and leadership. In this third season, we are focusing on what keeps teachers in the game. It's no surprise that this year has been the most challenging year of teaching for most teachers. And while many are considering leaving the profession altogether, there are also many who still love what they do, or at least have faith that they will love it again soon. We covered all of the challenges and solutions that are needed during season two, and season three is dedicated to seeing us through the challenge to a brighter side of teaching. Get ready to be inspired. This season of the Dissected Podcast is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get custom food bowls or custom chore charts printed by the 3D Printing Man. Visit his Etsy store, The 3D Printing Man, again at Etsy, The 3D Printing Man, and use the code DISSECTED for 10% off. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It has been a week since the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, and it's just me this week on the episode because I wanted to talk about a few things through my unique lens and perspective and experience having been a high school teacher recently and when I started teaching in 2005, also having been a middle school assistant principal and a middle and high school principal. There's just a lot that I want to unpack um, and so this will be a little bit of a different commentary. Like I said, just me. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Reach out to me if you want to discuss anything further or come on the podcast to talk about it openly. I love to have open dialogue. Without further ado, (laughs) here's me. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, This is Michaela here for a solo episode of Dissected. I wanted to do a solo episode today just in the wake of these shootings at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. I will have a guest on in maybe a week or two who has been pretty vocal on um, reflecting on what happened, but I feel that my experiences as both a teacher and a school principal have given me a lot of perspectives through which to view and to feel this tragedy. So I thought that instead of just offering condolences, which obviously we all do, um, and instead of saying everything that needs to happen, I would like to kind of weigh in and chime in on some of the things I've seen, because now when you're hearing this, it will have been one full week since this occurred. I'm recording this on Monday night, five day, uh, six days after. And there's been a lot, of course, there's always a lot in response to any sort of major event that happens in our country, and especially when it comes to the all too many school shootings that we have or uh, incidents of violence in our schools. So I'm just going to get right into it. The first thing I want to say is it really comes down to three things when I talk about my response and and how we need to view this. One is empathy. Okay. So empathy is one. And then training and preparation. Now you may think Michaela training and preparation, those are the same things. They're not, 
And I'm going to explain my reasoning and how I essentially define the difference between training and preparation um, in the wake of school shootings. And as we prepare for emergency procedures and emergency planning in our schools. So the first thing I do want to say and acknowledge is that having been a teacher and having been an assistant principal and a principal in the last 17 years, if you count teaching assistant, it'd be the last 20 years. This really is something that every teacher, staff member, parent, and its administrator thinks about all the time. It's not just in the wake of an incident. Sometimes staff members are thinking about it because there's a drill coming up or there's a training. Sometimes it's because there's been something in the news. But often it's at completely random times. It could be a loud noise in the hallway, something that feels off. There is something that we've developed as these have happened probably since about Columbine that brings us to that place. And I would say that probably depending on a lot of different factors, so, you know, personality, experiences, trauma history, all of this likely plays into how we think about this and worry about it or respond to these thoughts and concerns on a daily basis, but they're there. The thing is that while, yes, we all should be mindful of the fact that these threats are out there, Um, we could have a fire, we could have an explosion in a chemistry lab, we could have, sorry, chemistry teachers, don't mean to pick on you. Um, We could have, you know, uh, an injury at a sports event. Um, We could have a fight that breaks out and we could have an intruder. There are so many different things that we could have a tornado or there could be a weather event. There are so many different things that can happen, right, that are going to create an unsafe situation for students, for teachers, for the entire school community. But I really, really believe this and say it firmly that the people who should have to worry about at least, of course, are the students, right? They shouldn't even be thinking about this. But as far as the adults who make all of this happen, education on a daily basis, teachers should not be worrying about this all the time. And I'm going to break that down a little bit as we go through this episode. They do, and they are right now. I've heard from so many of teachers, so many of you across the country over the last week I know it's something that teachers worry about. However, the the hope is that the preparation and the mindfulness about, you know, the, the awareness is there, the preparation is there, but that teachers are teaching. Okay, and this goes for a lot. This could actually be applied to a lot of different things that we've talked about in our country over the past couple of years, but teach or more than that. Teachers need to be teaching. Okay, they just need to be in the classroom doing what they signed up to do, which was teach young minds help them grow and support them through all of life's challenges that inevitably come up. Okay. That's what teachers signed up to do. We've put a lot more on them, but that's for a different episode. The people who need to be carrying the weight around, and I can tell you having been a school principal, the weight is enormous, enormous, but we should be the ones carrying the weight of the training in the immense preparation, the awareness, being alert at every moment of the day. 
So when I talk about the difference between training and preparation, this is where this comes in. I'm going to use the example of a pep rally because it's actually the earliest event I can think of where I realized, oh, there's a difference. There's a difference I experience now as as an administrator versus when I was a teacher. Those are my dogs. There, the earliest time that I can remember realizing, Michaela, you are you're experiencing something different because you're not a teacher anymore and you're actually in this administrative role was pep rally. I, when I was a teacher, I absolutely loved pep rally day. I taught at the city's, um, the state, I'm sorry, the state's lowest performing high school in Providence, Rhode Island. We had a lot of the um, issues that come with schools that are in status like that. And, um, I never once felt unsafe, ever, ever. Uh, we uh, never felt unsafe. Students don't scare me. Um, but we definitely had some serious situations come up. But pep rally day. I loved pep rally day. I loved watching kids just love being students at our school. I loved everybody celebrating our school. I loved the teachers getting into it. I loved getting into it. Pep rally day was a day kind of of innocence, right? So like whether it was spirit day, we had a field day um, as part of that school. And it was really just some good old fashioned fun. And the innocence that came with it was something that was really special. Now, my first pep rally as an administrator was a completely different experience. I never even really stepped foot inside the auditorium. I didn't really hear, you know, my I was in the same building. So teachers, former colleagues who were, you know, saying, Oh, Michaela, come join us here. Come join us there. Look at that. I, I could only hear them a little bit because what I was really paying attention to was any potential external threat. <laughs> so what I had learned in my um, year of, of training to become an administrator was that anytime there was an event that anything, anytime there was something different about a school day, everybody kind of forgot about the protocols that we had in place. So don't prop doors open, all of these things. So now, number one, that's where my eyes are. And we had 18 doors or 22 doors at that school. And so I was walking around checking all the doors, making sure that they weren't propped open, making sure that they were shut. Then after the pep rally, I made sure I was right back in that back parking lot because we had had a fight the previous year where kids from another school had come to our school in a, a gigantic fight had broken out. And, you know, when a few kids are involved, you don't want that to ruin the event for an entire school community. So, but these were the things that I re made me realize, oh, I'm actually not here for the pep rally. I'm here to make sure that everybody else can enjoy this pep rally safely. And I am part of the team that is worrying about all of the logistics, all of the planning and prep to make sure everybody's safe. That's the difference between how teachers should be thinking about teaching, about going into school every day, and how the how leadership, how administrators, school and district-wide, should be approaching each day. The weight was enormous. When I became a principal, actually, uh, Newtown, the Newtown shooting had happened in December of my, I was assistant principal for uh, five months. The Sandy Hook Elementary shooting happened in December of 2012. I became a high school principal in the city 
um, in January of 2013. So just about actually a month before. And I was fortunate because I had my mentor principal and my principal, my boss had had me attend statewide trainings with FEMA and REMA to make sure that I had a high level of emergency protocol um, training and response. And I mean, I was sitting there with firefighters and, you know, state police officers, and there'd be a few of us from schools and, you know, they were glad we were there. I felt really fortunate to be there because we went through all of, it was all school safety. And I always wondered why there weren't more people there. And it was up to each district and to, to send people to, to the trainings. And I, the weight of that was heavy. Um, I remember at one of them, we actually watched the school shooting unfold at Columbine. And so they used this, this, this security footage surveillance as training. And so <laughs> I don't want to watch these things. I, I have a pretty visceral response to seeing things like that play out. However, in my role as school principal, as the, the person who was responsible every single day, for making sure that every single student and staff member was safe physically and and mentally and emotionally, but physically, of course, I needed to uh, take part in that entire training. And so I did. And being trained and watching the two, uh, Klebold and Harris, walk through Columbine High School, shooting their classmates, um, that was tough. And it wasn't lost on me that it was my job to anticipate and consider all of the different scenarios that could play out on any day at any time. The reason I'm saying this is not because I don't deserve an award for it. In fact, I mean, it was, it was quite the weight. But again, what I'm saying is that teachers should not have to carry that weight around. Sometimes it immobilized me when, you know, there, there was a threat or, you know, I was investigating something that, that could be potentially a threat. Teachers shouldn't have to worry about that. That's why we're there. They pass information on to, onto us so that we, we can take care of it and work with them to solve something and let them know if there's any next steps. So when I say this, something that everybody thinks about and worries about, that's true but there should be a distinction between what teachers need to carry around every single day and what the weight that really should be taken on by school and uh, and district leadership. I'm going to get into more about um, the teacher experience in, in a little bit. So the second thing response time, I've had to kind of stop watching a lot of the coverage recently uh, as it's unfolded about, the response time for the shooting, because as somebody who has been through so many trainings, I it's hard for me to watch all of the different things and speculate on all of the things that that went wrong. Um, it's just been it's I just continue to put myself in the position of being there, and it's been difficult on me. Honestly, um, I know I need to think about it. But I get this, this pit in my stomach. Um, and so response time to these things needs to be second nature so that, I mean, we obviously we don't practice these live in real time, right? You, 
don't have real shooters, but we have active, sh- active shooter training uh, or, you know, emergency procedure drills, lockdown drills, fire drills, evacuation drills. Those need to be taken seriously. And I've been in schools where they've been taken extremely seriously and protocols have been crystal clear. And I've been in schools where they haven't. And I can tell the difference. And in the schools where they haven't been, I'm nervous. I'm not nervous for my own safety, but I'm just nervous for the general safety of all. The best way I can describe it is I've heard it described a lot by trainers who trained after Sandy Hook um, and who trained after Columbine is that there's a big difference between a drill and when it happens in real life. Um, and, And of course, right, of course, we think about anything that might happen outside of school that is scary, we react. So the response needs to be as second nature as possible, right? Which means protocols are in place. Doors are always locked to classrooms. Even if they're propped open, it takes, you know, a matter of a second to kick kick the prop uh, out of the door, but we don't have to put our keys in to to jiggle them um, to, to lock the door or having um, shades, right? So we can pull them right down. Whatever the protocols are for a school district in coordination with their um, security you know, professionals, whether it's an agency or whether it's a police department or a state department, I mean, every state and locality is going to be different. Whatever the response procedure is needs to be second nature, especially to those who are responding and the coordination between the state level, but especially the, the local, the city or just the or town level and the school level needs to be crystal clear. And I've been in a couple of places, one in particular where it was crystal clear. And I can tell you the, the security um, of knowing what to do in the event of anything that happened was really helpful. I remember being principal, there was a bomb threat written on uh, the stall of, of one of the bathrooms in the boys' bathroom. And I have to say, it definitely spooked me. And I don't get, I don't get scared easily at school at all. And, and I honestly read it and I said, this, this could be credible. This could be credible, but I knew exactly what to do in that event. And so I made the call I needed to make it enacted a chain reaction of, um, protocols and people who are, were, um, contacted and decisions were made. I was in constant communication with the people I needed to report to. Uh, that day, everybody was kept safe. It ended up not being a real threat. No event happened. We were able to keep our community safe. We were able to be in constant communication and we're able to investigate uh, what happened. In places where the communication between the, well, I'm just going to help police department because in, in Rhode Island, that's what it would be. And then the school, when it's not clear, it as a school principal, it is unnerving, not to know exactly who to call, not to know exactly what to do next. So the responses need to be um, second nature and immediate. So as many times as those need to be reviewed, tested, reviewed, tested, reviewed, and tested among the leadership those need to be. And then this is the difference between training and preparation. When it comes to teachers obvious and our students, obviously we are doing all of the emergency training protocols as seriously as possible as they are outlined by like in Rhode Island, the Department of Education. I'm not sure what it's like in every other state, um, but there are 
uh, emergency procedure protocols that we need to take very seriously. And I know that, you know, during COVID, I myself witnessed those being much more um, kind of lax, uh, to be honest. I mean, there's only so much time to cover everything that we need to cover during uh, teacher professional development sessions, right? And teacher trainings. And the more we squeeze in there, the more we, we have to shove something else out. And so, you know, I don't, not to put anybody out there on blast and, and not to get too, not to get political at all, but I noticed that was an issue when we returned to school back in the fall of 2020. Emergency procedure training seemed to go out the window. I'm not talking about Rhode Island. I wasn't here. Um, and all of the COVID protocols and precautions seemed to come in. And I remember saying to myself, this is going to hurt us somewhere. And I'm not saying that's what happened in Uvalde, but I, I thought about it as somebody who had always taken a lot of um, precaution and made sure that, you know, we all, we were always, always, always doing our emergency procedure training and protocols. Not to say I could have prevented anything that happened in Uvalde. However, seeing people so confused, um, I wanted to make sure I, I stated that, you know, response time and that response needs to be second nature is, a t is, is top of the list for me and things that need to make sure we make sure happen moving forward. Um, I'm not going to sit here and throw blame anywhere. Um, I, I have no, no place to do that, uh, but just an observation. All right. Number three, should teachers carry? I mean, I mean, I even made a TikTok on this. I, I definitely, I had something to say, although it was just pretty much, um, no, absolutely, absolutely not. Teachers carrying? No. There are so many reasons. I've seen a lot of teachers talk about how they, don't, they feel like they're not even trusted with like curriculum, right? Or, um, how to talk to kids. And, and now people say they want them to be armed. I get there's humor in that, right? And there's irony in that. But for me, that's not where I'm going with it, where I've all, because I've been asked this question for years, should teachers carry? Absolutely not. First, teachers have to make way too many decisions in a day to then add what do they do with this, with the, with the, with the weapon they have, if something were to happen. I don't have statistics. We don't have teachers carrying, right? So like, I don't know where to look for statistics on, is it safer or not as safe for teachers to carry uh, weapons? I do. We don't have those statistics. And if you do reach out to me because we can do an episode on it. But um, there are so many things that happen in a school day that teachers need to attend to where something could go wrong with a weapon in the classroom. Uh, it doesn't really make too much sense that more weapons would solve this problem or not create new ones that we are not even, let's just assume the best and say unintended problems. Um, I've worked with teachers for a long time. I, I, have, I have been a teacher for a long time. I recently was a teacher again, and I, mean, I, I wouldn't want to carry. I think I'm much better for my students in an emergency situation if I'm focusing on them and helping them get to safety. Um, but in having trained hundreds of teachers as a school principal and having witnessed teachers in, you know, situations that weren't a mass shooting, but other really difficult, um, unnerving situations, I don't want them having a gun on them to then confront a possible intruder. 
it is scary when you have the, again, the magnitude and the weight of having young kids that you are supposed to be protecting. I don't even know how we would expect a teacher who's there teaching, nurturing, and caring to then turn on, turn into this other person who has no feeling, no emotion, and then confront an intruder. Um, I have a lot of other reasons why I don't believe that teachers carrying is the answer. If you'd like to talk about that further, just reach out to me because I'm not going to get into it on this podcast for no reason other than I don't think I need to, um, but I'm happy to talk openly about it. Um, and then, you know, just a, a final commentary on all of this. If the last two years has shown us, especially the last one year has shown us anything, it has shown us that teachers are stressed. They're burnt out. Um, I call it a worry plate, like their worry plate is full. It already was full. And now we add this. And you might say, well, Michaela, like this isn't the first time there's been a school shooting and you would be, you'd be right. The thing is that in the last, especially one year, schools have become the battleground for political battles. Any, any topic that Uh, politicians are arguing over, almost all of them are playing out on in the, in schools right now in education. And it's not just unfair to teachers. It's just a disservice to kids and to teachers. We need our teachers worry plates to be like, we need to be taking things off of that plate, not adding things on. So having debates about, you know, whose fault it was or who's more responsible is not going to help teachers. You know, I'm glad we're going into a summer break. Hopefully we can regroup on all of this, but adding the, not just the worry, the worry they carry around all the time about, you know, a school shooter or just the safety of their students add in the fact that teachers are essentially the pawns in uh, a game between or among, I should say politicians adds unnecessary weight onto their shoulders and prevents them from being the teachers that you want teaching your children, that we want teaching our children. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, It wasn't a fiery episode because I don't think that you need my fiery response right now. I think what I bring to the table is a little bit more of a rational kind of level-headed response that, that is driven by or informed by lots of different experiences. I will have a guest on in the next couple of weeks where we will go further into this and we'll probably go deeper um, and maybe a little, even a little bit more focused. If you'd like to talk about this topic um, on the Dissect Ed podcast, or if you'd like to just talk to me separately, please reach out to me um, because I would love to go further on this. But this was my overview. I hope you all have a safe week coming up. Take care of yourselves. If you're feeling it the way I'm feeling it, take a step back, turn the news off, do what you need to do to keep yourself, give yourself a breath, um, because I know I've needed to do that in the past couple of days. So until next week, have a great week. Take care.